Stories from the past to present. This is the history of Ducks hockey. Let's turn the pages back and relive from mighty till now. Welcome everyone to another edition of From Mighty Till Now, episode three. We are in the Paul Korea studios and my guest today in episode number three, he's not third on your list, but he's third on my guest list. The one and only Mr. Scott Niedermeyer. Thanks for uh, spending some time here. Yeah, I know you're a... Uh, you're in a suit, so you must have some busy, important things to do. <laughs> well, yeah, down training camps going on. Uh, obviously, lots happening with all the players here. Um, and yeah, here to kind of watch, stay in tune with with the players we have, how the young guys are doing, and uh, sort of give my thoughts to to Pat and the management group. So uh, exciting time of year. Um, hopefully, I do look official enough. Yeah, you look official. <laughs> yeah, right. and by the way, I, I, so I asked Scotty about this a minute ago. But so Scott, during COVID, had this beard, and if I could, if there was a collision between a four-time Stanley Cup champion and Santa Claus, it would be you. <laughs> How? <laughs> yes, that was okay, it. So, like, it's the the great thing about Scott Niedermeyer when he was here with the Ducks. He was like a professor. So you had your clean shaved. You had the specs on. And you're walking around with your paper and you couldn't tell you're really a hockey player. And then come playoff time, you have yeah. this mean beard yeah. and you're intense and you're ready to go. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing. Right. Now. Like it's, yeah. So let's go. Let's, let's go. It's uh, game time yeah, right now. Let's, let's get some things well, done. Well, where did this uh, father time beard come from? I you don't decide know. to let it go? Yeah. You know, we're living back up in, in Canada now and closer to the mountains, I guess. And just the vibes <laughs> there living, just kind of. living in the woods? Yeah. Well, closer, <laughs> closer to that. Um, you know, I've, and then the playoff beard is a thing for sure. Yes. And, um, I actually saw a picture recently of probably 07 and yeah. I'm looking at that beard. It's just dark. Yes. Like a little bit of, little bit of salt in there. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, I can, if I need, uh, a little gig over, over Christmas, uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll be a no shoe in. No joke though. No <laughs> joke. You had it down like to the middle of your chest. It yeah. was serious. It was fun. Yeah. During COVID, not much else was going on. I so love it. All right. Well, then he gets hired by Pat Verbeek and all of a sudden he's in the box and I'm like, who in the hell is standing next to Pat Verbeek? And it was you. So, oh uh, yeah, he's cleaned up a little bit. He's uh Mr. Professional now. So, uh, yeah. Very cool. Good to see you now. So we, we mentioned um, Paul Korea Studio, and I wanted to start this off by asking you about your friendship with Paul, and that kind of developed over the years. And I know that, and I don't know if you still do it, but you were surfing with him for a while, right? Yeah. So I knew Paul um, when we played, not well, just in a few Team Canada situations where we would be on a team for a short period and um, kind of got to know him. We actually played against each other when we were 13, 14 years old. Wow. Um, we didn't know each other at the time, but you know, we were playing against each other. Um, and then we both retired around the same time. Paul settled back here. We stayed here. Um, and yeah, we just kind of connected. I had surfed with Paul a little bit before. Um, and then we just kind of got doing that more and more often. Uh, you know, he's really anything Paul does. He, he makes sure he does it really well. Me, not so much, but <laughs> I, I would, was he join helping him. you surf or did you know yeah. how to surf before? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I mean, I'd done it a bit. Okay. So I, I was at least could get up on the board and kind yeah. of ride it a little bit. Okay. Um, Paul was much better and, and Paul had befriended a few local guys that grew up surfing and really knew how to surf. So they were, they were awesome. I mean, we'd go out and they'd be out there and really give me good tips and, um, made me at least somewhat competent. So, uh, I'm happy about that, but that's kind of how we got really to spend, start spending time and develop a friendship. And yeah, it's kind of just growing from there and, um, do the odd snowboarding trip now together yeah. and some different things like that and stay in touch and communicate. And, um, yeah, I mean, so I gotten to know his two brothers quite well and they're, you know, that crew's, uh, a lot of fun together and, uh, it's been good. 
So Paul was in here with Tamu, obviously, and those two, you, you know how they interact with one another. Paul, though, for forever when he was on the ice, and this, I, I'm, this is just recently I've been able to see this other personality of Paul Correa coming out that I know a lot of you guys have seen. Is he that intense on the waves? I mean, do you want to, if you cut him <laughs> off, is he going to give you a dirty look? He's got some of that out there. He's he? got some of that out there. Um yeah, I mean, it is, you know, Paul, I mean, he still is a very focused sort of individual when he's doing something, he's going to do it to the the max he can, his best of his ability. And um, it is neat when you see him sort of away from some things where he kind of, you know, lets loose a little bit. He's a fun guy. He's yeah. a, you know, a smart guy um, and has a lot of fun. And yeah, you're, like you mentioned him and Tamu together, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the fans here know that they're they're opposite in many ways, yet they love each other and they get along so well. Um, and yeah, just sitting back, I mean, it, you know, they should be a regular on here. Like the two of them just talking back and forth is, is truly entertaining. I mean, you got this Finnish guy that's a, you know, just, you know, guy that loves to have fun and really nothing's going to bind him down. He's just going to do whatever he feels like. And Paul's more focused and sort of regimented in how he approaches life yeah. yet. They, you know, they're, they get along great. So I have a teaser. I'm not going to ask you yet. But Paul and Tamu remind me of you and somebody else on that 07 team you used to sit next to him on the plane. Prongs? Oh, of course. <laughs> he just chirped the entire time yeah. and you sat there and read the paper. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to comment. Don't comment now, though. I'll come back to that. I'll <laughs> okay. come back to okay. that. So let's go to uh, 2005. And, and this show is called From Mighty Till Now. So it was still the Mighty Ducks. Um, you know, uh, you just ended your contract with the Devils trying to figure out what you were going to do. Devils pursuing you. For those of us, for those that are listening that want to be refreshed, when did you start having an interest coming here to the Mighty Ducks? Well, I, I don't know if I've ever been asked that precisely. Um, That's why I, I'm here. Yeah. No. Uh, so we, well, and it probably started before that in a way <clears throat> where we, I was in New Jersey. My Rob was here playing, obviously, 2003 yeah. Stanley Cup final, um, playing against each other. and. Before the series started, that it kind of seemed like it would be great, a lot of fun. This is neat, you know. Not many brothers can say they've sure. they've done that. And then as the series started to drag on, you kind of realize, well, somebody's going to lose here. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I hate to remind Ducks fans, but yes, uh, <laughs> the Ducks lost. <laughs> I was there. My brother lost. I remember being there. Yeah, and uh, our, my team won. Yeah. And uh, I had already been fortunate enough to to have won before, and that that. That was tough seeing my brother as disappointed as he was. I knew how hard it was, how hard he played, the, the whole team. But I was wasn't worried about the rest of the ducks. I was worried about my brother. But um, that was hard. It yeah. was it was hard to to see that and uh, know how much he was trying to win a Stanley Cup and how much it would mean to him. So sort of at that point, it's like, oh, geez, that that was not great. It would have been better to be together. Sure. Uh, and then the, the following year, we played together in uh, for Team Canada in the World Championships in two thousand four. And that's the first time I think we'd played on the same team since we were, he was probably, I was 15, he was 14, you know, so that was a long time. Yes. <laughs> um, and at that moment, it sort of, with those two experiences, it was like, geez, that, you know, that was fun. That, that brought us back to some old memories as young kids playing together. And obviously parents thought that was great. Um, you know, and then there was a lockout and I was going to probably be a free agent, um, unrestricted free agent with the ability to to sort of sign if someone wanted to sign me. And, uh, so at that point, I think we had started to talk about it, you know, like 
if there's an opportunity to play together, you know, would you want to do it? And he, he was interested. I thought it'd be great. Um, and then when it came around, um, it really was, Rob was here and there was a lot of change with the ducks. They'd been Berkey sold. and the Sammy Wells. Yeah. yeah. Everything was happening. So, you know, my brother wasn't sure. He, he didn't really know what to think of, of sort of the organization here, you know, which, what's the direction it's headed? Is it a team that, you know, is going to have a chance to win down the road here if we, if he sticks around and I come, come and join him? Um, he really didn't know, you know, it took, it took Brian Burke and my brother kind of listening and, and hearing some of the messages and ideas that, that he had regarding the team and hiring Randy and doing the things they did that, uh, and then hearing about the Samuelis as well from, from Brian, as far as the type of people they were and what their goals were with, with the organization. Um, and I think once we kind of got through all that, my brother got comfortable with staying in the organization, to try and win. And, uh, that was important to him. And it was um, huge for you because you weren't coming here necessarily unless he was here, right? I mean, yeah, no, huge, I pro- no, no, I, I mean, I probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I, like I said, I had been fortunate enough to had won uh, three Stanley Cups um, up to that point. I still, I mean, you always want to win the next one. Yep. Um, but the the key really was, you know, if my brother believed this was a place he could do that, um, you know, I wanted to come here and try and do it with him, and he did. And, you know, cause I did talk to Brian a little bit and Brian, you know, he had a good reputation around the league. He'd, you know, done some good things, built some good teams. He talked to talk, but he walked the walk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had done some good work and, yep. and built good teams. Uh, hadn't quite got to the top of the hill, but definitely been around it and, and been, you know, so I think that instilled confidence in both of us. Um, and then, you know, some of the players that were here and my brother's experience here, all of those things added up to him being comfortable. And when he was. And it was sort of on me, you know, am I interested in joining him out there? He thinks it's a place that he can try and win a Stanley Cup. So um, once that all was in place, now I got to sort of answer that question for me. And it was hard to leave New Jersey. It really was. It had been good. Become home yeah, for us. cups at the same team and yeah. the runs you had, the teams yeah. you had that, yeah, I mean, that's. You know, at that point, uh, you know, we had had four, four of our kids were born. Um, you know, they were born in New Jersey. The oldest one was, you know, starting to get into school and sports. So you start to get plugged into the community a little bit more. And, um, to be honest, probably what helped make the move a bit easier was the fact we were locked out the whole season. So we actually didn't live in New Jersey that year. We stayed up in British Columbia and, uh, that might've helped sort of have a little separation and and sort of make that decision. That's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. You know, like rather than having just to pick up and leave like two months after and then playing start again somewhere yep. else, you know, it had been a whole year since anyone had played any hockey. We hadn't been in New Jersey for over a year. I don't know. It probably made it a bit easier, but the opportunity to play with Rob to come out West was another thing. My wife and I are both from British Columbia. Her parents spend time uh, out in the desert. Um, so there just was a lot of sort of fits that worked for us as a family and for me as well, personally and professionally. It was interesting so. too. And when, when everything started happening, when you guys finally took the ice again, it wasn't like this team was any rebuild or anything. It's like in 06, you guys took it to the limit again. And you just, you almost missed, you just missed getting to the cup again, finals, um, the, the Oilers and, and Pronger where we even came in <laughs> and out of this story. Um, so the question I want to ask you then is when coming off a, an organization and a run that you had with New Jersey, you knew what a championship team was, you knew what it felt like. Mm-hmm. When did you sense that, you know, you've been told all these things, but when did you feel like, Hey, you know what? We have a chance to do something special. 
Another good question. Wow. Thank you. Can we get yeah. you a raise? It's the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's one moment. I, I'd probably say it, it built just sort of gradually that year, that first year. I mean, there's no question once you get yourself into a conference final and, and you get a little taste and you see how your teammates, the things they've done and sacrifices and the way they compete and play for the team to get you there, you know, you're close for sure. Um, you know, and I, the, the experience I had in New Jersey when I was young is we made it to a conference final and lost, and we went and won the Stanley Cup the next year with that experience and knowledge and all of it to, to use the following year to, to give you that little extra maybe yeah. to, to do it. So, you know, I, I think throughout the year, we seem to sort of be a continuous build. There was a few bumps and trades and different things that happened early to kind of get things on track. And a few guys came in, you know, Todd Marchant and Bosch, I think got brought in at one point and um, you know, I'd never really heard of Bosch and, you know, he ended up being a big piece and a great, wow. a great compliment. I love playing with him. I mean, you know, sort of the opposite of me, a strong physical guy that can shoot the puck hard and plays a, a an aggressive game like that and really complimented each other well. So he I was the add, the add in to that Marchant deal. It's just like, you got yeah. Todd Marchant and this other guy, like a player to be named yeah. later. crazy. You know, the yeah. scouting staff and yeah, all those Bob guys that watch. Everybody was, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big, you know, and then Todd brings so much to a team with mm-hmm. just his commitment to parts of it that a lot of guys don't want to do. Um, you don't win without those guys. Um, so, you know, stuff like that starts happening we start, you know, the young guys come in, they're having a bit of success with their talent and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I think there was for the most part, just good building off good vibes, you know, good things, little steps, and you just feel like you're going in the right direction ultimately. And then when you get to the conference final, I think you have, you have belief and then I'll bring prongs up, uh, because when you trade for them after having a year like that and you trade for a player like that, um, your confidence uh, just goes up, right? Just goes up. Things more. changed completely. And then you have, then you had Getsy Perry and Penner, the PPG line, all of a sudden they start coming into their own. So it was yeah. just this, um, do you want to come with a perfect storm almost with the youth and the veterans mm-hmm. going into 07? It really was. I mean, I'll be honest, I, I probably couldn't have drawn it up that good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we got a handful of young guys with all this talent and ability, and then you trade for one of the best defensemen of his era, and you know you you make some trades that these guys uh, haven't really established himself in the NHL like Bosch, and he's able to do it and become a real dominant player in the league. And yeah, I don't think I would have been that brave to have wrote that script. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So uh, you know, I think our confidence, like I said, that previous year was just building, 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 and then you know when Brian traded for for uh, Prongs. I, I, I think some of us, I, I included maybe thought we'd already, like, I don't think we could have lost. Like, I, I feel, I believe we couldn't lose at that point. I wouldn't have said it at the time if you would ask me, but I, I pretty much felt if we do what we should do, we'll win. It's incredible when you, when you say something like that, but then you look at the roster with Andy Mack, Tamu, and, uh, you know. Kunitz. Uh, Kunitz, don't start getting him. Yeah. And, and then the, all the young guys and then the role players yeah. and then Jiggy, who, by the way, had the yeah. con Smythe when you guys won the cup yep. in 03. So um, you had all the pieces mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. um, didn't you go on a run? You won like 
14 or 14 uh, games am I, without am a I loss. Am I supposed to know that? I don't know. No, no. I just, I know. Sure. Yeah. We won. Actually, Scotty. We might have won 40 in a row. Scotty, I'm supposed to know that. I, <laughs> I don't have many notes in front of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. It, it started off. I think we had a great start. You You're had, right. I mean, the we start had a really, was incredible. We might have had an overtime loss in yeah, there or something. But the first was, 17 or something. something. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Now that you bring it up. Yeah. So the start was there and then he just kind of wrote it off. But yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump ahead then. Um, immediately you wore the C. Um, and when I say the name Daniel Alfredson, what comes to mind? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, what happened in the, in the, in the final, you know, where, where he ended up shooting a puck at me, um, Game you know, four, at the end of the period, yeah, uh-huh. the, the buzzer, I think he looked up and saw there was a couple of seconds left. So he's like, but that's playoff hockey. You're always looking to get a lick in on the other guy somehow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Know? That's, that's kind of. Well, it's funny. I read an article today and I was just reminding myself too of like, cause I knew that was such a, uh, I don't know about turning point, but it was such a big emotional moment, not for you necessarily, but for the team and for Ottawa, because that was their captain. And yeah. I read something that he said, he, he admitted I did it and yeah. I snapped yeah. and I felt the series slipping away. So after that happened, everybody was losing their minds except for the captain, Scott Niedermeyer. <laughs> well, two things. I think that's my personality for the most part. I, you know, um, and him and he and I, over the years when I was out East playing, like we, he's my size, so we can kind of, you know, we're in the same weight class. So we can, <laughs> we can kind of, we had a few moments, shared a few cross sure. checks and a few, Yeah, we never fought, but you know. Yeah. Um, so he didn't like me probably. Yeah. I didn't maybe like him, yeah. but, but the other part of that, my personality, you know, isn't someone to get too excited too often. But again, I've had, I was fortunate. I had a lot of experience through the playoffs and understood the situation. Like he's frustrated. He's, things aren't going well. That's perfect for us. And there's no reason for me to worry about that. You know, that means we have them where we want them and, you know, didn't hurt puck. I got lots of equipment on. Let's just go win hockey games and and take care of winning the Stanley cup. So you know, I was older, I'd been around. If I was a younger guy, I probably would have done something stupid, but, uh, you know, I'd learned a few lessons along the road, which, you know, you hope you're able to do in life. And, uh, you know, I, and that's the one thing special about that team. You had a lot of guys there that wanted to get a piece of him for me and kind of defend their teammate and all that. Like we had so many of those guys. That, yeah. I mean, they put know, that, it was constructed in a way where they protected yeah. everyone. Protected yeah. I mean, one I another. felt, you know, we all felt totally <laughs> comfortable. It we had knew, everything. That team we had knew, everything. We yes. knew, we knew. You know, Made as a, a, as a small guy, guys, yeah. you know, no one was going to take advantage of me. And that, that's, that's a nice, <laughs> you know, it's nice to feel that way. Um, and nice to know you have friends and teammates that are willing to do that for you. And that was sort of why we went, we, we sort of had that type of bond, no matter what your role was on the team, guys were willing to do something for the next guy. And, uh, that's how you win. That's how you win. Can you, um, share anything that was said that you said in between periods to kind of refocus your team so that they wouldn't, you know, and I, to go back out there in the third period and win the game. Yeah. I mean, I just, I said, guys, don't worry about it. I'm fine. You know, that's just, we're here to win. We're here to continue to play our, do our jobs, play our game and, and try and win a game, bring us that much closer, uh, to the Stanley cup. So, um, and I think the fact, you know, I, a veteran guy been around, I think when they heard that, you know, they understood those guys were all veterans too, really. Sure. And they, you know, they, they knew, they knew that role. They knew how to do that role. They weren't going to do something stupid that was going to hurt our team. You know, they, and, uh, you know, we just went out and continued to play and we won the game. 
um, one moment that lives, I'm sure it lives for you and your brother forever. And, and for all of us here that we're part of that moment and it's always shown on the big screen and whatever we get to, to look back on that is you handing the cup to your brother after you guys won it here on home ice. Um, can you, when you look back, does that still drum up some emotions and how special yeah. you came here for a reason you've already won yeah. three, you wanted to win one with your brother and you did it. Yeah. No, it brings up emotion. I mean, I, I'll try hard not to cry <laughs> right now, but yeah, um, like it really is. It really is. Like I, I describe it like that, like a sort of a fairy tale type story that you wouldn't believe probably, you know, just with playing against each other and me beating, you know, being mm -hmm. on that mm -hmm. side of it and then getting together and then winning, like you said, just two years into, into playing together, be able to win again and knowing what it meant to him and how hard, you know, he'd been there once early in his career with Florida. Yeah, um, I remember right. I went and watched sitting in the stands, cheering him on. I mean, it's, you know, you understand the difference now between being on the ice and then watching whether your family or parent or, you know, friends and how hard that is rather than competing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was like, like, did I believe that I was going to be able to do that when I signed here? Mm -hmm. What I, or maybe I believed it kind of, would I have bet a big bet on us able to do that? Probably not, right. you know, just realizing how difficult it is and that. So, so to kind of be in that situation, like you said, after two years of playing together was, was unbelievable. I know it's a, I think Tamo uses that word a lot. Does he, he does. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, he says it a lot different than yeah, he do. does. Yeah. He, he, he does say it better. Kind of. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, yeah. I mean it probably nothing really better in my career my hockey career than that, that moment is probably the best thing I ever did for sure. Be then, or be a part of. And then to celebrate, go back home. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, the, the three times you took it back home. Yeah. You know, and I, then my brother is great. You yeah. know, like he, he was there and he was proud of me. Yeah. You know, I mean, Robbie's the, the best. Yeah. So, you know, that he was always around. He never resented anything or, you know, yeah. he never, he was there he's supportive and, uh, so yeah, much better to be able to enjoy it as a whole family yeah. and he could touch it as much as he wanted and yeah, uh, exactly. get all the pictures he wanted and, and, uh, be proud of it. And, um, so yeah, I mean, just a super experience, super fortunate that, that, uh, the cards fell that way for both of us. And, um, you know, the other piece of that, which I, is another great memory of that team is so many veterans that won for the first time too, because I knew what my brother had been through and. I'm sure their experiences had been similar. You yeah. know, they'd chased this thing for over a decade, you know, broken bones and blood and all the stuff that hockey <laughs> seems to, to require, yeah. um, yeah. to play. And, uh, you know, nothing better than seeing Sean O'Donnell, Brad May, Todd Marchant, uh, Pronger, Tamu. you know, Tamu, you know, Jiggy, Jiggy. Like, <clears throat> just, uh, awesome. Really. You know, I, I was so spoiled when I won the first time in New Jersey. I was uh, 23, I think. Was I? Yeah. I was 21. Oh. Bad math. Wow. I was 21. Wow. Almost 20, turning 22. And, uh, you know, they're like Getsy and those guys. You I know, was like they, say, you win it that yeah. early and you go, oh. It's so different. Yeah. It's so different when you're 21 and you mm -hmm. win a Stanley Cup. You just, you're just happy. Yep. You're just like, Okay. Let's do it again. This is great. Like <laughs> you don't really understand it. Yeah. You don't really know the, the, the details and the challenges and just everything that it takes, you know, it takes time to learn that stuff. And I'm, I'm sure Getsy probably, I would think he's, 
or maybe he's smarter than me. Maybe he knew all that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, it's really, you know, as you get older and you sort of appreciate all the ingredients and the things that your teammates do to, to help your team just makes it super special. So for those two reasons, it was, it was awesome. Great. One of the most entertaining things for me was, uh, when the, all the boys would drive their cars in and here you come driving in with Pronger and Robbie and your Prius. And then it turned into a hydrogen car. Yeah. You know, with, yeah. How did that carpool thing work? And what was that carpool like with those, with yeah. you and the two? I don't know. I'm sure Prongs was complaining behind my back about having to ride in that type of car, right? He probably was hitting his head on the top. I probably. don't know how he fit in that yeah. thing. Probably like getting under the massage table. God, just, it was so oh, much fun. Cursing me he comes cruising in. <laughs> Joey's in here. I, I just I love telling the story because down the ramps, all this really, you know, <laughs> extravagant elegant cars here yeah. comes here comes scotty who's got a ferrari at yeah, home exactly let's be honest i i like you know <laughs> you like cars i was a kid too guy. i was a kid too absolutely and, yeah. um yeah you know what i over the years i've kind of acquired a bit of a tree hugger sort of mentality yeah you know we grew up in a small town out in the wilds of bc um grew up hiking and fishing and getting outside and the more i traveled the more i went around i realized how special a place it was where i where i grew up and the wildlife that that's there and that type of thing. So I've kind of taken a bit of a, an interest and, you know, try to sort of promote that and do little things I can to kind of bring awareness to it and hopefully able to, for grandkids and future generations to be able to do what I've done, which is go out and go hiking and you're fishing and across the lake, there's a grizzly with two cubs walking along there and you're scared out of your mind and your dad's telling you do this and do that. Like you feel alive. Like it, it, yeah. it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. And they're just really impressive to see that, that type of, you know, nature and wildlife and understand it that way. So yeah, I, and, and, you know, it's one of the interests I have when I'm not yeah. at the rink and it's sort of developed over time. And, um, you know, I guess it just comes from a love just from how I grew up and that sort of thing. So, so I kind of went, you know, went to the, the hybrid, went to the Prius trying to, yeah. you know, do my part that way. And then, uh, with Honda as a sponsor, they, they were looking for uh, somebody with the team to drive one of their hydrogen uh, fuel cell vehicles that they had just released um, to a small number of people. And Brian Burke wasn't interested, shockingly enough. But uh, so I was kind of. I wish Burke, yeah, I because mean, we would have had a camera when he got out of the car. Yeah, yeah. He would have been able to handle it. Yeah, um, exactly. So that wasn't for him. Uh -uh. Um, and then I was the one that uh, was, was kind of excited about fit. it. Yeah, yeah it was, it was kind of neat, you know, to, to do something like that too. So. Um, and I'm still pursuing that and still think it's important and, uh, you know, hopefully we can answer some of these challenges before maybe it's too late in a way, but yeah. What, what are some of the things though that you're, you're kind of doing? I mean, do you have any, uh, I mean, I love this to, for people to know some of the yeah. things, steps, other steps you're doing, because we all knew how much you, you embraced it and your passion when, when you were playing. Yeah. Well, I should be doing more. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to preach, be, I don't right? want to preach yeah. in a big way. Um, you know, put solar panels on our house when we lived down here. That was one step, you know, driving the car, you know, lots of little things that you can do as far as your thermostat when you leave the house. I mean, I mean, people just, a, it takes a little work, maybe a sure. little thinking, but changing um, habits. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're kind of, we did take things for granted. I know I did, you know, for a long time, you just kind of use the water and you use the electricity and you just keep chugging along, but there's more of us now and maybe it needs uh, a little more thought in, in how we approach it. But I've kind of got involved with some conservation groups up in British Columbia over the last 10 years just to, you know, I've got a little notoriety even in Canada, a little more so with hockey. And uh, if there's some issues that I think are important and I can sort of add a little bit of 
um, attention to. Um, I've kind of done that, you know, and um, hopefully it makes a, a small difference. And uh, we'll, see, you know, future generations will will be able to hopefully benefit. Yeah, no, that's or at least experience what I got to. Well, and you know? for you to be so, able to say that and do it, I mean, people watch what you do. And when you were here playing in such a big role in this team, that I think it was such a cool thing to have you do what you did and drive that hydrogen vehicle. And we we were able to go out and cover it and talk to, you know, and it was, it was yeah. awesome. And to see that yeah. that was something that, you know, professional athletes are actually you know yeah. concerned about. I don't think they get that enough. Right. So that was good I to see. The one of the things that I kind of, in my head anyway, I've convinced myself is it's somewhat like performance as an athlete, you know, you want to perform well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and in turn, you kind of want the planet to perform well. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, Great way to put it. It was uh, sort of been almost connected in a way. You know, as, mm -hmm. as an athlete, you want to be strong, healthy, recover quickly, you know, get, you know, do all those things. And in my mind, it was sort of the same thing with, with say the planet. I mean, you want the, the water to, to be clean, to, to flow where it needs to and do what it needs to do. And, um, that is one of the things I've really enjoyed is learning, you know, being around some of those conservation groups, you're around biologists and people out in the field doing amazing research and yeah. studies. And you just, I just sit back and listen to them and it's just not quite the discussion I heard when I was on the bus or the plane and the, with the hockey team. So I, it's really neat. Like I, I love it. You learn a lot. Yeah. You know, hearing stories about somebody that was in Africa studying the mountain gorillas or a guy studying grizzly bears and wolves and, you know, carrying, it's a little gross for maybe this, but yeah. carrying like guts of a cow to go into the bush and set this sort of trap where a bear comes in with, um, barbed wire around it. The smell attracts them in. The barbed wire peels off some of their fur, and then the scientists come in, collect the fur. They do genetic testing, and now they're able to determine how many bears they are and who's related to who. And wow, sort of study that. You yeah. know, yeah, exactly. That's like when incredible. the first time you hear that, you, you go, "What?" It's kind of yeah. yeah. It's like got some really neat technology and the DNA sure. analysis, and then you got this guy carrying blood, you know, cow guts yeah. <laughs> through yeah. the forest to to put on a pile of you know branches so that they attract the the bears, but really neat stuff, you know, and the stuff they learn and, and they kind of teach you is, uh, I don't know. I enjoy it. So. Yeah. Great work. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fun to listen to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to dive more into that. Um, I'll see if I can find a transition. Uh, <laughs> yeah. speaking of bears, let's talk about Chris Pronger now. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's... Uh, so how, how was that relationship when he first came on? Because again, I, I, one of the, the, for me personally, one of the funnest things was walking on the plane. And, and so by the way, uh, prongs, <laughs> He sees these pictures and he chirps just constantly. So he saw me with Tamu and Paul, and then I don't know. I haven't seen anything from from Gibo yet, but of course, and you, of course, he's going to say something. We're going to get him on here sooner or later. Yeah. Um. But uh, how did how did that uh, when he first came on, and how did that relationship kind of grow over the year? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know him either that well. Yeah. Um. Again, maybe probably an international team. You know, in '02, I guess we were together in the, the Olympics. Um. Might have been the only time actually. Um, he was drafted the same year as Rob. So okay. I knew of him, you know, obviously great defenseman. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, we're di a little different for sure. Like you mentioned a little different <laughs> and that, you know, a lot of times that seems to just work, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, personality wise, you both <clears throat> had the same passion on the ice. It was more just kind of, yeah, it was more of the attempt. Like he yeah. was all about the attention. Yeah. I mean, he was loud Yeah, and I'm not Tamu and Paul. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, but, but that actually, you know, that works, right? You, yeah. You both sure. can't be loud. Yes. Right. Or we're if you're both quiet, perfect. no one knows you're there. Yeah. So he's loud and I'm quiet. Um, and the same thing actually on the ice, which, you know, it, it really was a non-issue playing with him because what he wanted to do and what he did well, 
I didn't do well. And, you know, what I did well, he didn't want to do that either. So I just go play my game. He'd play his game and we could, we could do that without any, with stepping on anybody's toes or anything like that. So there was no adjustment. It was just, let's just go do what we do. And it, it just fit really well. Leadership, you and uh, Pronger definitely had it. You had a lot of leaders on that team. But when you decided to hang it up, the C went to Ryan Getzloff, who now just retired. And he had this, I think he wore the C for 11 seasons with with the Ducks. Um, when did you, uh, just for the, the, the brief time you, were, you played with him, did you understand that he could be the next captain here? And, and once he was named captain, were you there? Was it, were you kind of a sounding board at all for him early on? Because wearing a C, regardless of your age, there is a growth period, right? In, in that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you could obviously everyone knew the type of player he was. Um, his personality kind of fits there too. Um, I think he's comfortable in those type of situations, you know, sort of being the guy and, and being out front. Um, you know, I will say that he wasn't all that old to, to, to get the C for the first time. Um, and there always is an adjustment, like you said, but you know, when I got it, when I came here, let me do some more math. I was 32. And you've been wearing it in New Jersey for a while, right? 32. I was 32. Okay. And I had it briefly in New Jersey. Okay. Cause Scott Stevens got hurt the last year I played and they gave it to me. Um, so, you know, I was older, I'd I'd been around and I, I had a lot more experience and, um, in some ways that makes it almost easier, you know, because young guys come in and they're like, well, that's the old guy, not quite Santa Claus yet, but they did have gray in my beard. That's the old guy. He must know what he's doing to still be around. True. Salty. Yes. Um, you know, where, where Ryan wasn't the old, the old guy per se, you know, and I'm sure that that made a little bit more challenging in, in ways, you know, maybe when there's guys that are older than you and you're the captain and, um, you know, you're trying to sort of manage that relationship, uh, with the, those individual players and the team as a whole, but, you know, he, he did a great job. I think, uh, you know, he, he was passionate about the ducks, wanted the ducks to do well, um, and really took pride in that job. I know that because like you asked earlier about sort of, did we talk about it? We, we did early on, you know, a little bit, you know, we touched base and I sort of shared my thoughts with them and, um, but then watching from a distance as time went on, you could tell that, that, uh, know he took pride in it and wanted to do a good job with that and, and understood it so it's not just where the see though scotty too it's like you're, he's growing as a man right before our eyes i mean yeah. he got married had kids and, and trying to deal with the off ice stuff yeah. and then trying to lead a yeah. hockey team he had way more on his plate managing the captaincy than i did i yeah you know i was older had been through that stuff and um you know so really it was probably easier for me yeah. to to sort of don the sea and and move into that type of role than for him, like you said, yeah, he still had a ways to go in, in his career as a player, personally off the ice, all those things were changing for him. And you're right, those we all need to make those adjustments and we figure it out. And some days, you know, it's a little complicated and we, we don't, right? But um, yeah, I mean, he, there's just a no denying the, the, the pride and the, yeah. the care he had in, in doing that in the organization. And I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, you were a mentor for many for many guys, mentor for Getsy, but also a mentor for for Cam Fowler. And you know, you were kind enough to open your home, and we had some fun with that. As far as uh, yeah. Mister Rogers' neighborhood type of thing, <laughs> or no, that was the leave it to Beaver, leave it to Scotty. I think is what we did with it. Um, so when you had Cam, and you were able yeah. to have him stay with you guys, um, what's it been like watching him grow? I mean, I what 12, 13? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, that's, it's, I don't that's even, not nice to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait a second. I've been here long too. I was like, I got to yeah. deal with that as well. 2010. Yeah. Yes. Is when he came on. I, it's crazy. It is. Everyone always tells you time just speeds up. And yeah. I think it does. Uh, it was great. You know what? It was really good. My, my kids loved it. You know, they, here was an NHL, you know, playing dad, ball hockey. And there yeah, was an I NHL player that. that wasn't dad. You know, that <laughs> That's right. dad wasn't impressive at all, but <laughs> this cam guy, this guy was impressive. Like he, you know, he was cool. Um, so it was great, you know, and I think for a young guy to, to have one little less thing to worry about, you know, as far as living and laundry and eating and all those things. Sure. Um, I, I did that when I was young and that's kind of why we maybe stepped up and volunteered just knowing how nice it was to, to sort of have that situation as a young, young guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'd been doing the hockey thing for a while, so we kind of knew what it entailed and, uh, it, it was great. And like you said, yeah, watching Cam, you know, throughout his career, it's amazing. It's just shocking that it's been, right? been that many years since, uh, that we had him. So and he paid it forward to Jones and Terry yeah. and he kind of opened his house. So it's kind of neat how that's yeah. the transitions took place. That's great. Right. I guess that's, that really is how life works. Right. Yeah. And that's what it's about. So, um, yeah, great to see him doing that now. And yeah, he's a vet. He's been around. He's seen a lot of things. All right. So we've just talked about leadership a lot and I want to ask you with Getsy gone and from my understanding and, uh, Pat and I have had some, some conversations about it. Um, from my understanding, there's no C this year, at least not right away. And they're going to let you, Pat, everyone's going to kind of let it show itself. Right. So that all being said, there's some certainly some tremendous leaders on this team, including Cam. What would you say is the next leader of the Ducks? What does that look like in your opinion? I think it's above my pay grade, even though I look really good. <laughs> <laughs> we got to show him very seriously. He's buttoned up right now. He's the beard's trimmed, the hair's combed. Um, it's not for me. No, I know that. Um, you know what? I think obviously the captaincy ma- does matter and is relevant but probably more important than that is just the people in the room and what they're doing you know you mentioned names and veteran guys that have been around they're going to lead yeah they're going to lead but whether they have a c and a whether there isn't a c it doesn't change a lot um you know i i think there may be moments where where a c kind of either adds weight or changes things a little bit but you know we going back to 07 you know I'm the C, but man, we had so many leaders in there that were out doing things the right way and leading by example and sacrificing for teammates. So, um, it didn't mean because they didn't have a letter on, they weren't leading. Right. And I, you know, I think Pat sort of has vision, um, you know, of what he thinks that entails and the captaincy and the direction of the team. Um, you know, and I think we'll leave that to him and, you know, Dallas and whoever's involved really in that decision. He may ask for my opinion. Um, but I don't know how much it's worth. (laughs) Stop. Um, so that being said, as we kind of wrap this thing up, I wanted to let, and I probably won't get this title right, but what, what are you, who are you now? What do you do? I think I'm advising hockey operations. Advising. I think so. Do I look like it? You look like, (laughs) no. (laughs) I look like like a a high level executive. I look like I'm going to the mall. (laughs) I'm going to have some kids. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. You know, I think why, well, let me, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I guess how I want to start this is why was now the right time for you to jump into this yeah. role as opposed to being kind of yeah. looking out from the, from the outskirts? Well, there is something I've probably learned since I retired is there, there never is the right time. Yeah. Is there? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, you know, we moved back to Canada four years ago 
um, and obviously would is, is a little more challenging to be involved there. Um, I was involved with the team, you know, for years prior doing some different type roles. When I was down here, it was a bit easier. Um, you know, obviously with some changeover with the organization, um, some interest from the organization to to have me more involved. Um, and then, yeah, just my kids getting older. Um, you know, there's only the three of them are moved on out of high school. Um, we have our youngest is is uh, just starting high school, so it's a little quieter around the house. Yeah, shocking. And uh, you know, so so yeah, in in some ways, it it did work out. You know, where the opportunity and and sort of where I was at, um, it it was sort of something that would fit. Um, talking with Pat and sort of getting to know Pat and his ideas and his beliefs and what it takes to, to, to try and win and have success in this league. Um, really I agreed with and, and really kind of saw eye to eye. So I think that was important that, uh, you know, I didn't want to come in with a bunch of different ideas and, and different thoughts and beliefs. Um, so that made it appealing, I think to sort of, okay, I, I respect and understand what you're trying to do. And, and I believe in that. And, uh, you know, so I'm, you know, here trying to help, Pat asked me to do certain things um, at different times, depending on what's going on. I, you know, made a few trips last year to do some scouting when when it kind of narrowed down to where we may be picking those type of things, and um, just to give another another eyeball, another sort of opinion mm-hmm. on things. And I'm sure that'll continue just as this progresses and we get into different situations. So um, it's a good fit right now. Um, there is no plans. I'm done. I haven't made plans in a while. I've learned they don't really stick around or they don't usually work out. So. Yeah. Um, just kind of take it a little bit at a time and, um, just want to see this organization and, and the players here and everybody involved, um, you know, continue to move in a, in a positive way and just try and win hockey games, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You, Tamu, Paul, uh, we're all in that room that, right. That, uh, chose, yeah. chose Pat and, and mean, and I think Ducks fans, well, I don't know if we chose anybody, but we, we did, we did you, they, share our opinion. We had an opinion. Had a, yeah, opinion. We, <laughs> and I think, I think people took a, a sigh and realized with you three in the room amongst others that yeah. this organization was going to move in the right direction. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure when you put it like that, I but, know. um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what we want, right? Yeah. That, there's no question that that's what Tama wants. That's what Paul wants. And that's what I want. And that's what a lot of people here want. Um, that's what Pat wants, I believe. Uh, so it's not easy. Yeah. You know, it's a tough competitive business. Um, I'm probably spoiled through my career and just sort of the experiences I had and the successes that I was a part of is obviously not normal. Yep. Um, but we'll aim for it. We'll, we'll work at it. And I think, like I said earlier about Pat, like I believe in sort of what he does as far as the type of sort of personality and the approach and, and the commitment and all those things that it takes from everybody, um, to get there. And, um, I think that's what, what he's aiming for and aiming to kind of create around here. And, um, sometimes it can get away from me a bit for sure. That happens to everybody. And, uh, we're going to fight to get it back. Before I let you go, one more question for you. Calm, cool, collected Scott Niedermeyer, urban legend has it. You are in the stands at one of your son's hockey games and you got kicked out because you're yelling at the ref. <laughs> um, no, that's, that is an urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping I got. I heard. I heard a rumor. Tamo got kicked out before. Oh, <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. They couldn't understand no. what he was saying. No, did I ever get kicked off the bench by a ref? No. Okay. You know what did happen though, which is kind of funny. 
is I was on the bench, helping coach one yeah. of my boys' teams. And uh, I start yelling at the ref because they had six skaters on the ice. Okay. And I start yelling, too many men, too many men. And uh, the ref just quietly turns around and said, they pulled their goalie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a, they're allowed to do that in hockey. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me. <laughs> so he, he taught me a lesson. Beautiful. You, know, you well, pulled a goalie, you put six skaters hey, on. I, why didn't, not? I didn't know that. That happens. Yeah. See, we learn something every day, Scotty. <laughs> well, Scotty, thanks for doing this. We learned a lot uh, chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time. And I know you got uh, you got to go be corporate. Yeah. So go be corporate. Perfect. It was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.